This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. And for $150, that's all it takes is $150, you can own your own patch. Yes, a L-E-M-C patch at that. All you have to do is go on Facebook, and we're going to be showing you this pick, and it actually sold for $150. I couldn't believe it. Well, yes, I can believe it. Everything I can believe nowadays because of the internet. But they sold their patch because I guess some kind of incident happened at the club, and he was all butter. So instead of doing the correct thing, which is going to a meeting and saying, hey, you're jackass and I don't want to be a part of your club anymore because you did such an A or B, you didn't. You go right on Facebook and sell it. So you must have not had any respect in the first place for the patch you used to wear. But does it surprise me? It is a Leo club, so it shouldn't uh, surprise me one bit. Uh, you know, those good old uh, law-abiding citizens, if you will. But yes, it happened. It happened. We're going to show you that. Uh, first, uh, sad state of affairs for those that are in MMA stuff. Uh, Lurie uh, Lepigat or what is it, Lepaticus, uh died in a motorcycle accident. <coughs> Excuse me. This from Mark uh, Ramadi or something. I don't know. ESPN staff writer, uh, one championship fighter, Luria Lepaticus died Monday in Italy due to injuries sustained in a motorcycle crash. Uh, the promotion confirmed with ESPN. He was only 27 years old. Sad state of affairs. Uh, quote goes on, the one championship team is heartbroken over the tragic passing of Lurie. The promotion wrote in a statement, our thoughts and prayers go out to his loved ones at this difficult time. Now, according to Milano, today he crashed his motorbike Friday into a vehicle driven by a woman in northwest Milan and had to be airlifted via helicopter to a hospital in the city. Now he was 14 and 2, was a former one uh, 185 pound title challenger, and he was a resident of Italy. He competed against former UFC lightweight champion Eddie Alvarez in 2021. About that went to a no contest after Lepidigus, uh landed unintentional punches to the back of Alvarez's head. So sad uh, stuff in the community for MMA. I know a lot of my followers love MMA. Uh, it, it's a great sport. It really is, man. That's uh, some beast out there. I always joke around when it comes to uh, MMA 
you got a lot of clubs now that uh, these guys are involved with MMA, man. You need a shotgun to take them down. You really do. But sad state of affairs to see uh, he died in a motorcycle accident. Now, our main one here today. And I almost died. I almost died when I was sent this by a subscriber and what's even worse is it was sold out of illinois and i'm sitting here thinking are you kidding me man you're making us all look stupid in illinois even though it's an lemc you still make us in illinois look stupid and i don't like looking stupid because of morons like you anyway here we go there it is hey knight's realm indiana Hopefully you bought your patch back, man. Uh, it was a president's patch. I guess he was the former one. Let me read what it says here. Great condition heavy vest. Don't mind the LEMC patches. Law Enforcement Motorcycle Club, which, you know, those that are actually in the scene would have known. No law enforcement requirements for this club. Also have an Illinois bottom rocker, as they too have no law enforcement requirement. New president. Oh, there it is. Pulled a shotgun on two members and their family last month and watches YouTube videos on how to be in an MC so no longer have interest. Ooh, a dig at YouTubers, baby! Oh, if it isn't bad enough that you came on here, Bones, the former president of Knight's Realm, Indiana, and I guess your law enforcement don't require you to be law enforcement. That is unreal. Did you, like, run around Illinois or Indiana, whatever you uh, got on this damn thing, and just use uh, uh, LA, what is it, LEMC for that? Who knows, man? What else you got here as far as uh, patches? Oh, there's the patch from the back. I guess he has an Indiana rocker, uh, and he has an Illinois. But he was the former president, and he is now saying that the new president pulled a shotgun on two members. Now, if he was a cop, why in the hell would he do such a thing, Hollywood? <clears throat> you, you know these cops, man. They get in more crap than we do. It's just straight up. More crap than we do. But this is on Facebook Marketplace. And I'm sure I should have done a, a biker club vest. Let's see if anything comes. Okay, up. going over to eBay here. Let's see if I find anything uh, right away. Oh, let's. Oh, yes, over here on eBay, a vintage 1960s tribesman motorcycle club vest with uh, you know, blah blah blah. It's up right now for six days for 26 bucks is the current bid. Uh, then oh, well, look at this one, a uh, Grim Reapers, Massachusetts one. That's a real old one. Uh, they're selling that for 3200 bucks. you know. I think the Leo, man, you're not catching the price that you want, man. $150? I think you got gypped. I think they paid too much. I think that's worth maybe $10. Okay? $10. Uh, then what else we got here? A DeSardo's? Wow, that's an old one. That is a rare Indianapolis one. Uh, he's looking at getting about four grand out of that one. Uh, then they got... Uh, 
uh, what is it, uh, the Tribesmen again, RAF. I think that's from overseas and stuff. What else we got? The Wild Bunch out of Tennessee. Yeah, man, people are selling these things on the internet still. Yeah, that don't surprise me, though. Oh, well, look at here we go. Two Blue Knights Motorcycle PD uh, Biker Club patches. Let's see if that's uh, actually if they got the patches on there. Yeah, looks like it. Uh, let's see. It just looks maybe, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, well, who knows? Who knows in these times, man? But I really think uh, if you went on to Facebook and you paid for those colors, that uh, LAMC's colors, you were gypped. You were gypped, man. You got, you got taken for a ride. Because those things ain't worth $150. You got to charge like over $140 for what you purchased right there. Isn't it amazing, though, how they can't go to the... I don't care what happens, man. Uh, you go to the meeting, you turn in your colors the correct way. So there's more to that story with this guy, and I'm not going to even try. All I know is that's pretty damn messed up. It's pretty damn messed up. Uh, finding your colors on the internet. Go do it the right way. We're going to go to the second half of the show and talk about how this uh, country, we're in chaos, man. We're in chaos. We'll be right back. Join the Insane Throttles Members Only Club. Two ways to join over on Spotify and YouTube. Insane Throttle Biker News' channel, by the way. With your membership, you get exclusive content Monday through Friday. China Dow's on there with me. Y'all love China Dow. Also, you get an invite to the yearly Rumble in the Woods, where we get together, have parties, have fun. So make sure you join the Insane Throttles Members Only Club over on Spotify or YouTube. Rock on!
Is it Mike Morgan? Everyone, how you guys in? Gail's doing out there. It's Sunday night. We got a real good one for you today. I got an award-winning tattoo artist with me. He's out of Wisconsin, and everybody knows Lunchbox. He's been all over the Midwest, I believe, and I'm going to be showing you some of his work. We're going to be talking about the tattoo industry, how it is now, how it used to be, what has changed, and even better, we're going to be talking about some motorcycles, man. As you all know, I love motorcycles. I like talking about motorcycles, especially over on the second channel, Insane Wheels. So, plus you're going to be able to go ahead and uh, ask him some questions if you want. Uh, how he got into tattooing, what precautions you should make. But uh, we're going to show you right now. We're going to come and put Lunchbox in there right now. Here we go. It's going to be a good one. What's up, everybody in the chat room? We got Lunchbox. What's up, buddy? How much? How you doing? Pretty good, man. Where you at right now? What tattoo shop? Is it yours or do you uh, independent contract? Uh, independent contract through Skin Prince Tattoo in Eau Claire, um, in Wisconsin. Been working so it's about Skin Prince Tattoo in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. If you guys are interested, if you're up there, all that good stuff to check out Lunchbox. And go ahead, man. How long you been doing? What got you into this? You know, this is kind of a cool episode because I've owned a couple shops. I'm actually thinking about reopening a shop, and uh, you're kicking ass, man. I'm telling you, you younger ones put us older guys to shame. <laughs> well, yeah, if the old guys wouldn't have been around, we wouldn't be doing it either. <laughs> we kind of got to learn from them. Um, I don't know. I started tattooing when I was young. I grew up out in Phoenix and uh, seen a lot of it in our neighborhoods, and uh, it just always intrigued me. I wanted to... It was just something different. And uh, it kind of had that aspect back then that a little bit of a rebellion. You know, the guys that had the tattoos were always kind of like the you know, other side of the tracks had a little bit more fight to them. Which that drew me in, too. I, I like that, that they were not trying to conform for anything. It just drew me in. Um, started hand poking them, needle and thread, which is not advisable. It's not a good idea to do that. <laughs> and then you talk to some old days there. Oh, yeah. And then I started taking apart uh, tape players and RC cars and rigging up my own machines, which is also not necessarily advised. All before I was 18, though. And then uh, by the time I was 18, 19, I was flipping through tattoo magazines, trying to study as much as I could, see the different artwork. Um, you didn't get to see different styles of art around here. You'd, you'd see a tattoo, and it was generally something that was done at a fair or some Vietnam vet guy that had an old eagle on his arm. But you didn't really get to see large-scale tattooing until the mm -hmm. magazine, um, mid-90s, early-90s. And uh, that just drew me in even more. I wanted to know how to do it, try to copy every picture I could see, draw them out. And uh, hit up the tattoo shops, kept getting denied. You know, back then, no one would take you, no one would teach you. You know, it was very hard to get in. Mm -hmm. And then I kept at it. I became a nuisance. I wouldn't leave the shops. You know, I'd just go in and hang out until they'd want to throw me out. That right. worked. <laughs> I remember when I started, it was the flash days, man. We were basically copying machines back then. You yeah. come in, walk in, pick out a picture. Uh, I remember Fat Joe over at Jay Dragon in Chicago. He got tired of me. Uh, <laughs> you know, he passed away a long time ago. But uh, my first tattoo was at 15 from Ray 
over in Elgin, but things have changed, man. You guys do oh, stuff yeah. that we can only imagine that we could have done back then. The technology with the machines has changed a lot. Um, people learning how to tune them out differently. Another thing that's changed a lot was the needles, the groupings that we use nowadays. You know, the curved mags and the different types of shader needles, those weren't available back then. So you, that learning curve, people knew how to use five flats, seven flats, flat mags, but you were only able to do so much with that, like a paintbrush. You know, mm. certain paintbrushes are going to work for certain things. You can make them work for other things, but you got to have a lot of skill to make a, that brush work as a different style. Same right. thing. But uh, the, the changing in the needles has developed a lot. Styles have developed and mixed and matched. You know, back then, the, the 90s, you had 10 people who could do a black and gray portrait. And you knew who they were. And they were all over, spread all over the country or world. But it was only those people. You know, Brian right. Everett, Jack Rudy, Tin Tin, Shotzi Gorman. There was only a few people that you could list off and be like, yeah, that's who I'd go to for that style. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, pick up, a, pick up your phone, type in tattoo, and you're going to get thousands. Uh, big time thousands of them. I bet uh, though a lot of the newer guys wouldn't know what a needle jig is. No, other than the company needle jig, <laughs> where we had to, we had to make our own needles and stuff. Yep, smelling flux. <laughs> I have a pack of needles somewhere around here. Yeah, um, yeah. Bob. Ernie Carapa, before he passed, was selling off some of his old stuff, and he. Sent me some acetates and a machine and some old and a pack of needles. That's so. fucking awesome. So you go through the same thing that a lot of people in different industries go into because of the internet. It now becomes so easy for people to buy the tools in tattoos uh, case, the machines, the kits. How yeah. has that hurt? the industry it too many people have access to it to where especially with the younger generation they're tattooing stuff that they shouldn't be tattooing areas they shouldn't be tattooing like you've seen a lot more really bad facial tattoos neck tattoos areas where it used to be if you weren't covered you didn't do this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Well, when, when I started, if you didn't have from here down, you didn't get from your elbow down. And it was that was kind of the rules. Nowadays, they get these, uh, they call them warp tour sleeves. And basically, if you, if you wear a hoodie and roll your sleeve up and you have from your forearm down and your neck up, it looks like you're a heavily tattooed person. But they're really not. Mm -hmm. It's kind of odd. And, uh, that new, releasing all the new tools, I think, has brought a lot of that into it. Um, right. And then there's everyone popping up to do them. Mm. But, uh, I, I remember the uh, suppliers, they actually wouldn't sell to you unless you were. Yeah, you had to be validated. National Tattoo Supply. Um, oh, yeah. 
you had to be a member of National Tattoo to order from their from their company. But then to become a member of National Tattoo, you had to have one of their members validate and sign for you. So it was really mm -hmm. difficult to get in. Yeah, there used to be, uh, I know with Dragon, there used to be, uh, Jay Dragon used to have a process where you went through, you were, uh, you know, a regular intro, then apprentice, the master tattooist, even with the piercers, it used to be yeah. like that. But now it's like everybody just goes and gets stuff. And the scratchers are it, it, terrible stuff out there. That You know, what could you tell the audience of what a scratcher could do to you? Give you hepatitis, permanent scarring to your body. Um, I've seen tattoos that get so infected they dip it in. And that permanent scarring up and down the bodies, you can get severe staph infections. Um, there's a lot. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. not just a bad tattoo. Like, they could fuck you up. Or, whoops, they could mess you up for real. Right. Well, so, I remember uh, there was a place, uh, Euro Tattoo, out of Rockford, and it had nothing to do with them. But the water system that they were using from the building actually got a lot of people sick. So there's a lot of stuff that can happen in a tattoo environment that you better make sure it's as clean as a dental office or a doctor's office now. Yeah, and if that if they're having problems with their tattoos on that, that meant they were using the water out of the sink in their tattoos. They're using yep. it in bottles and they're using it in their soap bottles. And you shouldn't just buy a bottle of distilled water, it's 99 cents. Mm -hmm. Then you don't have that problem. You but, brought uh, up uh, hepatitis C, and yeah. of course, there's MRSA, as Rascal says, too. Yeah. I remember Hep C used to scare the shit out of us. Oh yeah, that was a big one. I mean, I'm, when AIDS came out in the, the 80s and 90s, I remember everyone freaked out. But we learned from that a little bit more. So when the Hep started building up and you started hearing about it, that was a shocker. Mm -hmm. That right, fact, how long it could live outside. You know, mm -hmm. the HIV virus could die fairly quickly, whereas the Hep could sit on something for months. Like that became. It, isn't it funny? It went from the days of. Because I remember first starting, and before then, it was basically a couple groups that got tattooed. It was bikers, convicts, and the military. And yep. now, it's like, holy cow, everybody and their mother wants one. Oh, yeah, doctors, lawyers, attorneys. It's pretty wild. There can be a... I could wake up that morning, come into the shop. My first appointment could be a guy that just got out of the joint. The appointment after that could be his parole officer, and the one after that could be the cop that arrested him. <laughs> Are you seeing more and more sleeves done on professionals than it used to be? Lots more. It's the, they're, they're accepting more in their jobs now. A lot of them, the regulations that kept those away. I remember when you, if you worked at even fast food and had a tattoo on your hand, you put a band aid over it. Nowadays, they don't care. Like it seems to be a little bit more lax. Right. Which is good. I, mean, I did want to show some of your work here. Uh, let's get it up on there so you guys can see just how good uh, Lunchbox is and why he's an award winner. Uh, this right here is off of his Instagram page. And you can see he's well-versed in traditional uh, New Age, uh course, black and gray. Uh, it, what is your favorite to do? I like the old school traditional. Nice, big, bold. 
Um, I like a lot of the old history stuff. I collect the acetates and stuff like that. Um, old flash sets. I got some in here from as late as the 60s. Um, I have acetates. Wow. Jonesy uh, stuff in here from Philadelphia Eddie and Bowery Stand, stuff like that. Oh, hell yeah. Like the old stuff. So as you all can tell, man, he knows what he's doing. Uh, this is an award winning. How, how many awards did you win through traditional and stuff? Or what uh, uh, categories do you compete in? Um, usually I don't really compete. What I do is if the, ta- if the person you tattoo at them shows, sometimes they just go and enter it. So you don't always know. For traditional, I've won quite a few. Um, I got a couple in here from like New Orleans that were best small color and best medium color. And that was mm-hmm. the tattoo that got entered. It just happened to hit that category too. Um, I got some traditional ones up there. Uh, Green Bay, it's traditional. But um, yeah, it just depends on what the person goes and signs you up for. Oh, okay. Cool. What yeah. uh, conventions do you like doing? I like Villain Arts. Um, I, do, I like doing a lot of Troy Temple shows. Um, I also like Hell City. Derb Morrison puts on a good show. Um, Josh Carlton and the guys out at Evergreen, they have a good, solid show. Um, and then there's uh, another one that we're getting started up that was more of a it was a convention, but instead of being a convention where the public comes in and goes and learns and, and, and checks out what's going on, they were doing just tattooers. And you could go and hang out with other artists and do seminars. They'd have stuff on painting and art, um, everything down to um, scheduling as a tattoo artist. Like they have seminars to teach people how to have a more productive schedule and how to put more art out there. Um, they have um, actually, they have stuff like this. They have YouTube stuff that'll teach people like how to schedule, how to book clients, how to expand your your market and stuff like that. And you can take mm-hmm. classes there. They're fun. Uh, Frogzilla, he is out of Euclare. And again, what shop are you out of? Uh... Uh, Skin Prince Tattoo. Skin Prince Tattoo. If uh, my moderators could put that in the chat room, I'd appreciate it. Tim Fern, I have five pieces from Lunchbox, amazing artwork, and a hell of a guy. Uh, and Brooklyn Biker asks you, have you ever learned old Japanese style of doing tattoos? And I'm guessing the uh, hammer punch type uh, with the... Uh, the yeah. Um, I don't. I, I really enjoy watching it done. Um, there's only a handful of artists in the United States that aren't Japanese-born that actually do that. Uh, Jim Rosal, out in Washington. Uh, I think he's in Yakima. I know he does that. Um, but otherwise, very few and far between. Um, and then the Japanese style itself. Like, I'll do, a, I like doing the koi's. I like doing the dragons, stuff like that. But if an overall traditional Japanese, you have to study it. Like, there's things that go together that you don't want to put together that if they're not supposed to be there. And if you don't know that art, that's not one that I really like to, mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to screw it up, especially when I could go around someone who knows what they're doing. I'll send someone in that right direction. Someone right. Says, hey, I want a traditional Japanese sleeve and this and that. And I'm like, cool, this is the guy to go talk to. Uh, ben says, uh, Bun Gathner, he has three pieces from you and plans on more. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, th- no problem, uh, Frogzilla. But yeah, he's up in Euclid, guys, uh, so you know. 
uh big d lunchbox is awesome artist one hell of a stand-up guy look at that man you're getting all the fans out on here for you today (laughs) (laughs) so what is the best convention you ever did Uh, troy temples my favorite one was probably milwaukee beer city 2010 it was just fun like we had a good time Uh, Mm. Nothing like there was no real fiascos. We all, everyone got there all right. No one broke down on the way home. Everyone made money. No one was fun. We've had other ones where you get stuck uh, on up there. Oh, there. Sometimes you get stuck in a snowstorm. Baltimore, we got snowed in. Had to stay there uh-huh. next days. And then uh, New Orleans. That, that one's always a good time too. They do that right around Halloween. Uh, Brooklyn wants to know if you've ever been to the New York City convention. Nope, I haven't made it out there yet. I'd like to, though. New York would be a fun one. I want to do that, and I want to do uh, Amsterdam. My buddy Gideon runs it. I think that'd be a fun one to do. <laughs> so tell everybody what happens behind the scenes of a convention. You know, the parties, uh, the fun, if you will, <laughs> behind the tattoo uh, convention. It's a good time. Usually the first night we get there, everyone tries to get together and meet up in the hotel lobby. They'll pick a spot to go to, have dinner. Um, it's just wild. We sit around, they, they bullshit, tell stories, talk history of tattooing, have drinks if they drink, uh, smoke if they smoke. A lot of CeeLo and Dice games. You know, That's always a good mm. time to have everything going. Um, it's just wild. You see some of the craziest shit there. Right. You know, people, people aren't afraid to be people and be themselves at those places they don't you'll see a eight inch mohawk dude walking around with his grandmother no one gives a shit have a good time <laughs> right That's and the side shows are pretty cool too <laughs> side shows, yeah actually i work with a few people here that do the um the suspension they do the hooks through the back and other stuff crazy um, our body piercer does he works with uh i think it's cenobite that has the piercing crew that does travels around and does all the suspension shows with them. But yeah, we have two people here, Rob and Zell, that are pretty heavy into that. It's wild. They got their tongues split, all sorts of crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> what about the, the tattoo laws? Because I remember, actually, uh, you were a teenager, you said. I remember when we didn't even wear damn latex gloves. We didn't wear no gloves. We didn't wear nothing. But yeah. now, how was it? evolved from there for making it a better industry uh, it's gotten better with that I, i'm yeah you're talking about like the old guys using such you know sponge in a bucket so nowadays having that the cleaner safer environment is definitely better that and you know you got to protect yourself too you pretty much got to use the universal universal precaution and expect everyone's got whatever you don't want to get because you're dealing with their blood so if you don't want to bring it home to your own kids and your own family or yourself, then you got to put them precautions in place. Um, mm. The old guys years ago would complain about the gloves because they said they didn't get the feel. You know, when you're tattooing, you get that you feel that needle break the skin on your other hand. They said when you wore the gloves, you didn't get that same feel. Which mm. I think there's just the old guys just didn't want to change it. You know, they didn't want to spend any more money than they had to. They didn't want to changed their system up they're just going to follow what they're going to follow but being safer and being cleaner about it is definitely a, a plus mm. rattlesnake um, asks uh since the marines updated their tattoo policy 
how many sleeves on Marines have you done? Um, we're getting a lot more coming through. The, the problem with the with the military stuff is they update it every time they get a new guy in charge. It's like he's got a set of precedents, so we're hoping they, they, they keep it this time. Um, I know the Navy's probably gone the farthest on the way they lifted them. I'm hearing guys can get tattooed on their necks and stuff and the tops of their hands now. Um, wow. The Australian Navy went full board. They have full full board officers over there that got Maori full face tattoos, mm-hmm. which are wild. But uh, as far as on the States, they, they changed the regulations a lot. For a while there, it was like one inch above and one inch below the elbow. And they were mm-hmm. doing that to keep guys from when they put the sleeve regulation, they, the, there was a gray area in it because as long as the lines were there, it wasn't a new tattoo. So the guys who were signing up, they'd come get their arms sleeved with lines from their wrist all the way up their arm. Then they weren't violating the order because by the time the order went through, they weren't getting a new one. They were just updating what they had. Mm. So it was kind of pointless to, for them to have that rule anyways. Right. That's why it time. <laughs> uh, Brooklyn asks, uh, what do you prefer, Lunchbox, freestyle or stencil? Um, it depends on what the tattoo is. Uh, most recently, I just did some the other day where I did a big bowling pin eagle on a guy. I used a stencil for that, but then his wife got some just flowers around, go wrapping around her forearm, and that I just drew on. Um, it flows better for the body shape for stuff like that when you're doing something viney or stringy. Uh, tribal, we used to do a lot of it. That's the same thing. If you draw a tribal on a body part and it fits in that spot, it, it can still look good, you know, because mm-hmm. it fits with the body. So anything that's heavily flow like that, I like to to, to draw on. Otherwise, do you, doing the old classic stuff, I, I use a lot of stencils. Do I'll you think uh, a lot of these new guys you were uh, talking about with uh, access to the equipment, they don't know how to draw? A lot probably don't. Um, a lot of times you can see it in their work. But the thing is, is with some of it, it's some of the new stuff that's out there, even the really good tattooing, they they don't necessarily know how to draw like hard, hard line, hard scale stuff. Um, a, a traditional artist, that guy, uh, he can do the hard lines. He, he learns that style. He learns the shading of that style of work. The photorealistic stuff, there's very little line work. So there's guys that I know that do amazing photorealism, but you hand them a machine and tell them to pull four straight lines, and it's not happening. But they can shade the hell out of it. So mm-hmm. their, shading, their shading skills and blocking stuff in, they got it. But you ask them to script out a name real quick, and that's not going to be what you want to get tattooed by them. Do you think the ones that do uh, the soft, you know, the hard, you know, soft line work or hardly any line work, you think them tattoos actually turn out better than the ones that hard line their stuff? Not necessarily. Um, it depends on how they're put in. There are guys out there that can do it. Um, you got uh, Nico Hurtado is probably one of the more well-known ones. His portrait work is spot on. It heals good, stays good. Um, on me personally, I have a black and gray uh, Philadelphia Eddie portrait that was all that soft shade, very little line work. It's healed great. And then I have Dimebag Daryl and Hank 3 on the backs of my legs. I did mm-hmm. one color, one photorealism color, and then one black and gray realism. And just to see, and I got them real shortly in between each other. And they're both still healing up, holding up good. Um, the color realism one could probably be 
to have a little more color pumped into it and bring it back to life a little bit more. And the black and gray one still looks good. So, mm-hmm. and that's 10 years. So I'm going to give it another 10 and see where they're at then. But There you go. So uh, far, Dark, go to the right guy, you can get it. Dark Soul asks, uh, what's your thoughts on 3D tattoos? The 3D? Like, the depends on what he's talking 3D. Does he mean the photorealism or is he talking like the new ones where they're doing where it looks like a uh, like a Cubs patch or a St. Louis Cardinals baseball patch and it looks like the stitching is there. Those are, I would have those, to, you know what? Yeah, I would have to, uh, you know, there's two different styles, like you just said, but they're both amazing. They're both amazing. But yeah, <laughs> some of them stitches that you see, like it looks, there's a guy who's probably just down in Chicago this weekend, and he does these sticker ones that they literally look like an old hologram sticker that you could peel off of somebody. And they'll mm-hmm. have them partially peeling back. And when you walk up and look at it on the skin, it looks like he stuck a hologram sticker on them. Right. Like, looking did you get into any uh photorealism nope no um i've never been one to even draw that type of stuff like i can draw um i could draw you a picture of iron man that would look like iron man from the movie but i couldn't draw you the character who played him you know like if it's a face or some type of super detail like that my brain just i can't get the lights and tones and shades that need to be in to draw mm-hmm. like a human, but I could draw a character like I like a uh, clowns. You know, mm-hmm. I can do the clowns because there's lines and stuff that I can shade off of. So right, just a human face. I struggle with it more. So mm-hmm. I figure if I can draw it freehand, I shouldn't tattoo it. So right. Well, that that's the thing. You got different style of artists within the industry. Just like a, a Harley mechanic ain't gonna want to work on a Honda Shadow. You right. got. To, type of uh different aspects of the the scene who does a lot better and who might not do anything you know a good uh, artist well, they'll send you to the right guy mm-hmm. you know, some, there's there's that's the problem with the people who buy the equipment that aren't educated um they're tattooing for money which sounds goofy everyone should be tattooing for money you still need to get paid but when you tattoo for money you'll fuck up or you'll screw up the way you'll screw up is you're going to be so eager for that paycheck, you're going to take a tattoo that you aren't skilled enough to do. And you're going to screw someone's body up because you're tattooing for money. So mm. if you quit tattooing for money and you tattoo because you love the art, you're going to tattoo things that you enjoy tattooing. You're going to get involved in it. You're going to th- thrive in it. Mm. And then you'll be on the right track because you'll be able to, people will come to you. If you're, if you're putting out, someone comes to me and says, I want a photorealism portrait of Ozzy. And I, botch it he's gonna go show 100 people that tattoo and i'm gonna lose 100 tattoos plus more (laughs) plus more so but if i tell that guy no but go to this guy but this is the work i do a lot of times those guys will go to that other guy get that tattoo and then they'll be like so you know i was looking at some other stuff and maybe you'd be the guy for this Mm -hmm. and then he brings me a traditional tattoo and i do something cool on him and then he goes and shows his friends now i get to do 100 tattoos so Mm -hmm. That, that initial five, six hundred bucks wasn't worth it. Well, it wouldn't have been worth taking if I wouldn't have been able to do the job. Well, then you screw your name up in the <laughs> industry as well. And, and that's, a lot that's of these younger you. kids. Care. Yeah, a lot of these younger kids, they don't, they don't know or they don't care. They see mm-hmm. an easy, quick buck. They think they're going to become rich. You know, I, I don't think tattooing ever really made anyone rich unless you're Ed Hardy. Yeah, you know? Right. <laughs> other than that, you know, tattooing never is going to make anyone rich. 
and and Ed's insane. The clothing stuff when he sold the the artwork to that guy, that wasn't even like him making the clothing. Like his name was attached to it, but that wasn't Ed. Ed mm-hmm. just sold the artwork. He sold the signature. Like the the designer took all that and ran with it. And then Ed took that money and put it. He put it into books. He just he released books on art. Like he put it all back in the tattoo community. So mm. I figure anyone deserves to be rich off of it is him. Right. He's done more for tattooing than most people can say they have. Mm-hmm. Rascal, I totally tell people I don't do portraits. If I can't do it, I'll send you somewhere that will. Uh, here's one for Bolt from you, and it's a very interesting one. He's been looking for an artist in or all the shops where he's at, but they won't even talk to him about a tribal. You find in a lot of guys ain't doing tribal anymore. Yeah, um, we we will. When if that's what they want, we will. Um, it's it's still a tattoo art form. Um, it just in the nineties we did it with everything. You know, if you got a rose, we added tribal to it. If you wanted a heart, we added tribal to it. <laughs> right. But what it really was is he took all that old flash that we had off the walls that people weren't taking anymore, and we added tribal to it. And we put it back on the walls, and people thought it was new and up, you know, up to date, and then they just started getting it. And <laughs> that heart that I could do, because I've done it a thousand times in 20 minutes, and you're charging the people what, what you're charging, well, now you add the tribal to it, and then you get an extra hour, and you, you get a bigger tattoo out of it. So they were that's where a lot of that came from. So then guys now are like, most of them, the ones that complain about doing it, never did it. Uh, these younger guys, they didn't tattoo tribal. They, when they tribal wasn't on the shit balls when they got started doing it, unless they were doing it in their house. Right. Um, but no, uh, we still do them here. It's not very common, but people come in and ask. We'll we'll throw them on them. Uh, Brooklyn, what's the best way to look for a tattoo artist? Is there a website or a directory? Uh, not really a directory. Um, the best way to do it really is using Instagram. Um, check out the, the conventions, look at like Bill and Arts and look at the different conventions because they list the artist in their work. So then you can scroll through and you can see who's there, who's doing what, what artist does each style. And then you can pick your tattoo that way. Like uh, one of the things that kind of annoys me at shops is people bring us someone else's tattoo. You know, they bring us a photo of someone else's tattoo, and I want this. With the traditional stuff, it's not so bad, because most of that's the splash that's been redone and, and re, re, redeveloped. But when it's photorealism or, you know, true, you can tell when it's a custom tattoo. You know, some of my dates. I've seen people mimic custom tattoos so much to the point where they tattooed the nipple that was in the photograph on the guy's arm. Because the guy took a photo off the internet, traced the whole thing out, laid it on the guy's arm, and he traced the nipple in the photo when he did it. Oh my gosh. What about what is your advice? Because this happens a lot, a lot more because of the internet, where you want to check out somebody's portfolio and they put these tattoos in front of you and say, Yeah, I did these. But in reality, they didn't. How does my audience avoid that trick? That's tough. Um, ask people in your area. If someone's in that area doing top quality tattooing and you see their stuff on the internet and they're from Salt Lake, 
go to the bars, go to places where people are tattooed and mention the name. Somebody's going to know them. If they're that good and their work's that good, it'll speak for itself. And mm-hmm. somebody in their area is going to know who they are and go, oh, yeah, I know that dude. He does great work. And then, or I got one. And then look at it. You know, look at look at the line work. Look at the shading. Look at look at the tattoo. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's going on your body forever. So you make sure who is doing it's the, the right guy. <laughs> right. And and make sure that you can get along with the person. Just because mm-hmm. they're a good tattoo artist, don't mean they're not going to be an asshole. So, you know, mm-hmm. some somebody some of these guys have an ego problem where they're they're top shit and they can do what they want, and you're going to wait for them. And we're still a service industry. If I don't have clients, I don't have a job. Like I still cater to somebody else when I, when I look at it that way. So mm-hmm. if I'm snooty and an asshole to my client, my customers, they're going to go to the next guy. They're going to find somebody else who ain't. And then they're going to pass the word down. We used to say, you know, you screw up one, then you're going to lose about 10 customers off of that oh, one bad experience. Yeah. Off that one bad one. And it can happen. You'll get bad. You'll get people that write up a bad review on you. and They've never been in your shop just because they are angry with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the questions in uh, before you get to the rest of that answer, numbing cream or after your answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nope. Um, I actually just had an issue with that the other day. Problem with the numbing cream is in order for numbing cream to actively work, it closes off the blood flow that runs to your nerves and the skin. So if I'm closing off the blood flow to your skin, that makes your skin waxy. It, it changes your, your top the top layer of your skin when you do that. Then the needles don't puncture correctly. If the needles ain't functioning correctly, they're just jacking up your skin. Leads to harder healing. Leads can lead to an infection because of the harder heal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, so I, I won't use it. There is stuff by companies that I know of that I can use during the tattoo. I can there's sprays and stuff. But if you come into the shop and say, I just rub this stuff on my arm and unwrap your arm with the saran wrap you've had on for an hour. I'm not tattooing you because you put something on your skin. And if I break that skin and something happens to you, that's on me, not on you. And I didn't apply it to you. So no way. I'll flat out tell them no. Like I just did it the other day. I was in complete setup, had everything ready to go. She sat down and said, I don't have to shave her arm because she just put the numbing cream on and I took my gloves off and told her to leave. Like, it was done. I'm not, we, we won't do it. It's just mm-hmm. not safe, especially if you're buying it off the internet. Right. Her tube that she had was a little toothpaste tube with a homemade sticker on it that said numb cream. Oh, been I think. Damn Chinese stuff. <laughs> she bought it off of a Facebook ad, she said. Wow. So who knows what was in it? What about uh, how can the audience know how to handle, like you said, a lot of art- artists have an ego problem. How do they, how do they, if they're not comfortable, how do they, how do they get away from that situation? If say they're in, in uh, the session already. If they're being, and you have the right to leave at any time, if, if like a female or somebody would be nervous about it, get up, go to the bathroom and leave. No one's forcing you to be there. 
Mm -hmm. If they're being that much of a dick, get up, go out to the desk and pay your bill or find the shop manager, pay your bill and be gone. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if it's an issue like that, I've seen that happen. There was just something popped up on my Facebook the other day. The girl was getting line work on the back of her leg, got up to look in the bathroom, realized that the lines weren't as what they should have been. And she just bolted. Mm -hmm. Um, if you've worked on you for a long time and you got a lot of money into the tattoo, stop at the desk and pay for what you paid for. But if they're jacking you up, get all the manager. Show, show, you know, we don't like that stuff coming out of our shop. Someone's jacking up a tattoo. We want to know it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then we, yeah, because that just causes your name bad issues. Yep. So we, if someone comes in and they say, hey, man, check this out. Like the lines are junk and this fell out. We want to know. We want to be able to see it, which sucks because a lot of times they're so nervous to come back and talk to you that they won't. Uh, Donna, I spent a long time checking out artists and their work before I found the one to go. How many artists should they go look at? I'd say as many as it takes until they find the right one. Like, make sure. Don't always go word of mouth. Um, you know, that that's a good starting point. But some dude who's a bad tattooer could still have a good set of lungs on them where someone's piping up for them. And it might just be because the person who's got a tattoo from that guy doesn't know he's not good. Like you could have a family member or a cousin. Oh, my cousin's great. He tattoos in his kitchen. Not that good. When you look at the tattoo, it's junk. Mm. Um, so I'd say check them out. Go and check the portfolios. Check out the... I'd steer clear of like Yelp and Reddit and all that type stuff. And if that's hit or miss, you can have shops that are really good to get dragged through the mud just because they pissed someone off that day. So I, mm-hmm. I, those types of reviews, I don't always pay attention to. Just I go in and how when I walk in the door, how did the desk person greet me? You know, were they inviting or were they sitting there staring at their screen and being rude? Or do they right away say, hey, how are you doing? What are you here for? Can I help you? Um, artists that work with you. If I have questions about the tattoo, especially if I've never been tattooed before, you know, you don't talk to them like they're dumb. You know, sometimes someone's going to ask you a goofy-ass question that in your mind might be common sense, but they might not know. I've had people ask if we use needles to tattoo with. Mm-hmm. I, I was a smart-ass years ago. I used to tell them, no, we lick them and stick them. And every once in a while, people would go, what? I've had people call and ask if we're all sold out of infinity knots or not. So, <laughs> you never know the questions you're going to get. <laughs> Uh, so you guys know if you're just joining us, this is Lunchbox. He's out of Euclid, Washington, or Wisconsin. Uh, skin prints, right? Yep. Skin prints tattoo. By the way, it is phone number seven one or seven one five eight three one eight seven eight zero. If you're in the Euclid area, uh. What ta- what places for a tattoo do you not recommend getting at? Uh, like shops? Not no, not putting a body. Yeah, where tattoo, uh, uh, putting a tattoo on a specific area. Um, head, neck, face, uh, like hands, fingers, inside of the fingers. Um, the inside of the fingers is a bad idea, anyways. You're gonna fall out. Um, fingerness. Tops of your hands, your hands regenerate skin more than anywhere else. In and out of pockets, in and out of gloves. Depending on your job, if you're a mechanic, you're going to screw them up. So stuff like that, unless you are fully sleeved, there's no point. Um, same thing with the head, neck, um, face. I have them. 
there, but I've most of my body's covered anyway. So it's, 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 hmm. a, it's the realm I'm in. Um, if I didn't work in tattooing or didn't have a job that I could do it, I probably, you know, I'd probably have waited up till I could, hmm. but the new kid that turned 18 and decides he wants to go out and get a big tattoo across his forehead or, you know, all no way. There's no <laughs> point. Live your life a little bit before you put a target on it. Would you so, advise them if they were younger? Hey, I'm not going to tattoo your face. I do. I, I always tell them no. I, like They come in, they'll talk to us. I tell them no. I'm, I'm like, live your life a little bit. And they're like, well, you have them. And I'm like, I do. And I still get followed around stores and I still get looked at. And I still, I said, my kids will walk behind me and go, hey, dad, you see that? They were staring at you the whole time. I'm like, nope, didn't even notice it. Mm-hmm. But when you're having a tattoo, you, people notice. You go in for job right. interviews, you might not get it. And they might not tell you it's because of the tattoo, but could be. You know, so I don't, right. I don't want to pigeonhole them that, that quick. Like, don't bottle up to where you're setting yourself for one path before you have a chance to take others. I just put the number in the chat, guys, uh, Skin Prince Tattoo and the phone number. Make sure you get your pencils out <laughs> or your pens yep. or whatever the yep. hell you use. We got, uh, we got eight, I think, nine artists here now. There's quite a few here. Uh, it's the oldest shop in town. Uh, Josie's owned it. She opened it in 1994 in her mom's hair salon and then expanded into a bigger building. Um, her and her sister pretty much ran it since 1994. Um, mm. so- a good long-standing shop right downtown. Oh hell Slept yeah! Down. Hell then, yeah! Uh, we've got two apprentices right now that we've been—they've been here almost a year now. And then uh, most of the people who work that are here, um, other than me, there's me, Keith, Jen, and Josie. But the rest of them have all been kind of taught here. Like they started at the front desk, or they started hanging out, and now they've been here five, six years, and they're tattooing. So mm. a lot of people, when they come through here, they seem to stay in-house, which right. is nice. But then everyone's on the same track. Like, we don't mm. have any real... All of us here have been tattooing for a while. Most of us have been tattooing for a long time. And you, awesome. You, you, learn, you learn what not to do sometimes by going to other places and seeing what they're doing, and then you go, yeah, I ain't doing that. And then mm-hmm. other places you pick up stuff. That's why traveling around is so good, getting to meet other artists, doing the conventions, meeting who's the guys next to you. That's part of the mm-hmm. tattoo convention are the two tables next to you. Cause you're going to, by the end of it, you're going to have new enemies or new friends. There you go. <laughs> Let's switch gears here uh, for a second. You ride and oh, yeah. what do you ride? And then the second question is, are you more into the newer stuff? The, the modern type of motorcycles or the older like Evos and you know like Ironhead shovelheads. I like the I like the Evo. The Evo is a solid motor. You think they're? <laughs> I wish they would bring that back. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> for my bike, I ride. I have an 03 Road Glide. Um, I had a Fat Boy before that, but riding long distance on a Fat Boy wasn't as comfortable as the Road Glide. I found out, and. Uh, I just, I enjoy it. I'll get out and put on as many miles as I can. Um, but at my for personal taste, I wish I could get out on like a 64 pan head hardtail. I just know that my size and my back and my body couldn't take doing that anymore. Man, but can I, can you uh, imagine how those old timers felt going cross country on one of them damn rigid, rigids? And, and, now, and, and now I see why a lot of them walk the way they do. 
because you can tell they they messed themselves up doing some of that stuff. Uh-huh. But the, the, just that style of bike, cleaner it is, less stuff on it. Like mine's got the radio. I don't always have it on. Mine's got the you know the, the different lights and stuff like that as far as the headlight and the, the blinkers and stuff. But I like them clean. I, mm-hmm. Them old bikes with nothing on them, you know, the, everything piped into the handlebars, just clean. The headlight you got to lift up. A buddy of mine was riding with his, and I'm like, you got a light or you got a, 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 a bright light on that? And he goes, he just lifts it up a little bit. And he goes, yep, there's the bright. I'm like, where's your dim? And he pushes it down a little bit. <laughs> well, I got to agree with you on the Evo, man. I just picked up a classic because it was an Evo. Uh, it's something you can work on compared to what the newer ones are nowadays. You got to have a freaking master's degree in uh, motorcycle technician. Uh, oh, yeah. Stuff. Twist your key, hold your brake lights in, flick this twice. It's like it's like you do the hokey pokey to get into any of it. Huh? Right. The only thing I didn't like about the... Well, it had to be uh, 2001, 2002 twin cams was that damn problem with uh, the te- uh, the tensioner. You know, oh, the cam yeah. tensioner, that plastic shit. Yep. Did uh, you have yeah. to take care of that on yours? Yeah I, I, yeah, I did, but not because it had failed. Something else in that had failed. Uh, my friends have a shop in Menominee, and we took it up to him, and he took it off, and he was like, yeah, your cam tensioner is about to go. And he threw another one in there, and uh, he goes, but usually about 40,000 miles, he said, you can expect it on those. And uh, the one I have is the 88B, so it's mm. the 03, so it's the reverse for the, I don't know how they explained it. Something's reversed on the bottom of it. But that cam tensioner, 40,000, and you're, you're pretty much guaranteed it's going to crap the bed. Mm-hmm. That's uh, makes it- yeah, you know what? It's funny. A lot of these mechanics, and I just talked about it on the uh, other channel, was, you know, a lot of people ask why Harley Davidson techs won't work on something 10 years and older. And it's simply because they they don't know how anymore, these techs. You imagine putting one of the techs now on an Evo? Oh, no. <laughs> no, they can't plug their computer into it and get told what's wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to run a little bit of gas through it and hear what, hear what the motor's doing. Listen to the right. motor. I'll tell you what's wrong. You know, they don't know how to listen to it anymore. They just hook it into the computer. Oh, you need to do this. Right. Uh, Angry Boomer, uh, we're going back to uh, the questions. Uh, being a tattoo artist never interested me, but I always wondered what an apprenticeship looks like. No experience, some experience. He's asking about the apprenticeship uh, process. Um, nowadays it's, if we, we look at their art, we want to see what they can draw. And then, uh, we, we just, we teach them. It's, it's hands-on. Like we, when, when you come in as an apprentice, I think, I think it's almost mislabeled though. Cause like the right to be an apprentice is pretty much to let you hang out. I, I'll let you hang out in my room while I tattoo. I'll answer the questions you have about tattoos. I'll explain why I'm using this certain needle or this grouping, or you'll get the answers that you need to learn. So when you're doing it, you know what to look for and do. Um, that's more what the apprenticeship is. Um, don't we? Would rather you not have tattooed already at home. Like people that come in and they show us this portfolio of all the stuff they've done in their kitchen, generally means we're just going to tell them to kick rocks and, and go because they've already learned too many bad habits. But you somebody, who's, 
Yeah, and somebody who's interested in tattooing and really wants to learn and wants to do it the right way, show us your art. Come in and show us that you put in art. Draw, draw flash, draw, you know, spend time learning the art and then learn the other thing. Mm. Not everyone who can draw can tattoo. Right. It's still uh, a different meaning. Brooklyn Biker, do you tattoo any club? We're not going to talk about that kind of stuff, but yeah, he tattoos all kinds of people. Uh, writing something where you download performance upgrades ain't my thing. He's talking about uh, mapping out uh, oh, yeah. and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah my Do you think like- uh, motorcycles have lost their luster over since they got too much technology? The new bikes? A, a little bit. Like, they don't have that, and they're all cookie-cutter the same thing. They're all the one flat color or the one... Like, you don't get the cool colors. You don't get the individuality. You see them old choppers, 70s, 80s, and 90s. You'd stop and look at someone's bike just to see how they did something. You know, you look at a jockey shift, and the guy had taken shit off of his shelf and cut it down and made it fit. You know, guys uh-huh. don't do that no more. I've seen a guy right. take a, a crescent wrench and bend it out so it would fit through the angle of the motor so he could adjust it to, to as a jockey shift on the opposite side. Like he adapted mm. another tool to make it work. You don't mm. see that ingenuity's gone. Right. Uh Jason, just curious, what kind of bad habits are you talking about? Not covering items, not placing tattoos in proper spots, uh, how you place a tattoo on the body, how it fits the body, um, cross contamination, um, lots of different things, because there's stuff that there's steps that go into tattooing that aren't taught that way. You learn from being in a shop and being around people who do it. Mm. Even to carrying yourself with a customer, how you talk to a customer, how you explain to them what their idea is, how it will work as a tattoo. Not everyone's ideas will work. Sometimes people come in and they want the tree of life with each branch being a different name and they want this and this and this all in this one thing. And we call it mudding it up. Like you put too much stuff into a tattoo and it's not readable anymore. You, mm. you got super up close on it to tell me the detail and then 10 years down the road it's a big mud puddle right so stuff like that uh, guys in houses will do that they, they don't know that you shouldn't mm-hmm. uh we're brooklyn bike bikers from that's new york and i don't i'm curious to know that uh, a lot of the people in the chat you probably didn't know tattooing was illegal in new york in the 70s it was illegal till 1997 in new york city um, Philadelphia Eddie and Coney Island Freddie and a couple other guys petitioned the state to battle it because they banned it, claiming that they had a hepatitis outbreak caused by tattooing. Mm-hmm. And Eddie and them hired a lawyer. Powery Stan was another one involved in that. And they went in and fought the state and won, but the state filed an appeal. So they still couldn't tattoo until that appeal was heard. So a lot of the guys jumped, went over to Philly, Started tattooing in other areas. That's where Philadelphia Eddie ended up. Um, and some of the guys stuck to their guns and still tattooed. Coney Island Freddy still had a shop on Coney Island and still tattooed and just didn't care. Mm. He, Coney Island, no one was kicking him out. He was going to stick it out and he was going to tattoo and that's just how it was going to be. Mm. Um, other other people went kind of underground. Um, uh, some shops, one guy I heard set up a tattoo shop, but you couldn't get tattooed there. And you'd go there and you'd pick your tattoo out. And then they have a, a shuttle service, essentially, take you across the bridge into either Jersey or Philly so you can get tattooed over there at the shop that could do the tattoo. 
And that was just a building that was set up to tattoo only. There was no flash. So you'd pick mm. your tattoo at the one spot and then get drove over. Right. Um, so uh, Brooklyn, somebody... Brooklyn Biker, don't worry about that question, but uh, uh, tattoo artists don't like giving out their clientele, especially if it's club stuff. So that's all that was. Don't worry about it. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just responding. Oh. He thought. No, mad. I, I ain't mad at them. It's just no, tattoo no. artists don't like giving out who they do and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, no, there's that that New York stuff that they them guys battled. They they fought to be able to tattoo. Um, it was actually illegal in Wisconsin too. Not the whole state, but the city of Milwaukee from 1963, I believe, till 1997. And it was well, tattoo city. artists. They still, uh, and you'll probably have to agree they still face a lot of hostility from the cities and all that stuff as far as zoning. Cause if oh, yeah. you have somebody wanting to open a shop, they're right into that zoning crap on you. Yep. Um, and, and some of the rentals won't rent to you. Like there's companies that own large companies that own a lot of real estate. So they have a sub company running their theirs for them. They flat out won't rent to you. Like you mm -hmm. go in, uh, over the phone. They're cool. The minute you get there and they hear it's tattoo, not happy. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then for us, it's signage. Um, we did a whole big graffiti wall in the back and had the name of the shop painted on the wall, and the city got after us, threatened us with a five hundred dollar ticket for every day it was up. Mm -hmm. and Why that, do you think that, there's still a stigma attached when all these damn professionals are getting tattoos now? Uh, a lot of it's just the way they're raised, uh, especially northern Wisconsin. It's pretty conservative. Um, when I moved up here in the 90s, I used to think it was 10 years behind everywhere else. Nowadays, with the internet's brought a little bit more into it, but you still have a large group of, of people up here that don't have a home computer. They don't have the internet. They Flip phones are still a thing. You know, they, they separate themselves from that world purposely. So they still have the same views that they would have carried in the 80s and 90s about tattooing because it just never uh -huh. changed. Um, religion, too. A lot of religion. Oh, even, yeah. though I, even though personally I think Jesus was tattooed. I, I, <laughs> I think when he tells me he had the mark of Christ on him, he was talking about a tattoo, not the crucifixion marks. A mark, <laughs> a, a mark on the body of that time was considered a tattoo. That's another term for tattooing in that time frame. Wow. Uh, Brooklyn, I know Coney Island. Freddie, been there plenty of times. Crazy place. What about uh, Brandon? <laughs> yeah. Are you into Brandon? Brandon. Oh, branding? Yeah, I'm not, I know people who have. Um, that's typically more of a body piercers. They typically get into more of the branding and scarification. Um, nowadays, they're doing uh, body mods where they're like they're splitting tongues. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild looking, but it moves their tongue individually, both like this. They can flip them. Um, the other thing they do is they'll pinch their ears and stitch them, so make them make themselves look like they have elf ears. Um, that's another popular thing. Uh, but the branding. I had a piercer years ago that used to do it in our shop. We used to make them light incense because that stinks so bad. Like your whole the whole building will reek when they do a brand. Do uh, they still allow uh, uh, tongue splitting up in Wisconsin? Because I know Illinois they won't. Uh, I don't know if they're allowing them or not. A lot of times they're done at conventions or specialty places. So I don't, like we don't do them here, but there's places they can go to to get them done. A lot mm -hmm. of states. Regulations on that because you got to cut them and stitch them. 
and like it's they don't use scissors or nothing. That's um, I know they used to do it where they would use like a uh, fishing line and almost like twist and it would split it that way. Now mm. I think it's probably razors. But. I only got the uh, lunchbox for a couple more minutes, guys and gals. Get your questions in. Again, he works at Skin Prince Tattoo at 715-831-8780. Uh, good stuff today, man. You guys are learning a lot. I get to learn a lot. Uh, what kind of education does artists have to have? Hey, there we go. How you doing? Yeah. How you doing? Good. You gonna be a tattoo artist like your daddy? I don't really know. She don't know if she wants to be a tattoo artist. There, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But what kind of education do you really need to know before you start tattooing around the blood and all that? Uh, bloodborne pathogens training. Um, learn the skin. Learn about skin. Everyone's got different textures. You tattoo in Florida, they've been sunburnt so bad. Skin could be different. Elderly, the skin can be different. Um, learn as much as you can about cross contamination. Uh, if you've ever worked in, a, even if you've ever been a cook, you should understand basic cross contamination. So stuff like that's a big one. And then just studying art. Just learn, you know, go learn about art. Doesn't not even tattoo art. I got books in here like Rembrandt's and Monet's and stuff like I like any type of art. Mm. So um, that's that's what I would say. Frogzilla, can you tattoo over scar tissue? Depends on the scar. Um, some scars, yes. Some, no. It depends on how gnarly it is. If you got ripped up because you ran over some barbed wire when you were a kid and it's all gnarled and yanked and nasty, probably not. But if you had a surgery scar and it's nice and clean, then usually, yeah. Do you do any of the cosmetic stuff on breast cancer survivors? I have. I've, I've redone the, like the coloring on the nipples and stuff. I've done that before. Um, most cosmetic tattooing is different machines. So they, we actually have, there's a local lady here in town that does it, but, um, I've just, I've done the pigmenting. I've added, uh, cleft lips. People have surgery on the cleft lip and they have a little dark white spot and I've recolored stuff like that before though. Uh, dark soul wants to know the address of the shop. Uh, it's 403 South Farwell street, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. If you, uh, a bone, if you can put that in the theme. Uh, in the community chat, uh, Ben asked, How about uh, he has head scars? Same thing, uh, yeah. Tell Ben he's got to wait another year. <laughs> I, I know his head scars. Oh, got, okay, you know yeah. Ben. Oh, I know Ben. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> crashed his motorcycle. Oh, big, big deer jumped out in front of him and split him. He's got a scar, comes all the way up over. Okay, last question for you, because I know uh, you got the baby behind you and stuff. Uh, and you probably heard this one before. But how many times does a customer come up to you and ask you, does it hurt? All the time. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Uh, What's buddy, your response to that? Um. I, I, it depends because some of them I think do and some of them I didn't think hurt at all. It, I guess it just depends on where they were. Um, I tell them it's different for everybody. What what hurts one might not hurt the other. I've had 18-year-old girls in here with not an ounce of fat on their body getting their ribs done and they don't make a peep. And then I've had another you know, 20 or 18-year-old come in, get something on their ribs, and they scream and squirm the whole time. You know, mm. So it's just 
just depends on the person. Right. And how you're wired. Some people's nerve endings are wired different than others. There's areas in your body that are going to hurt. Um, and generally, it's where you have a major organ or a vital. Mm. And it's you have a lot more nerve endings in those areas, and it's your body's own defense system. That's why our fingertips are so sensitive is because you touch everything. So mm. if you touch a flame and it's not hot, you're going to sit there and hold your finger in there and burn your hand. So your right. body's got defenses. So well, some your answer is better than mine. Mine's usually it's going to hurt you more than me, but and they don't I, like I that. I tell them that too. Or, or <laughs> I like to tell them in the chair when they're starting out. They're like, so is this going to hurt? I'll tell them it's not going to hurt me a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I am though, when it comes to tattoos, you know, I'm tattooed everywhere, sides, chest, everywhere. I got a full piece uh, on my back. That's only outlined. I am a cry oh. baby when it comes to the back. Yeah, yeah, the back hurts, especially when you start dropping down lower. Uh, upper shoulders you can handle, but when it hits down below the ribs on the bottom side and the side, it's that stings. Um, and it's funny, uh, like Rascal just said, the older you get, the more it hurts. The more they hurt. That's a fact. Um, <laughs> mine, the last ones I got, I got these on the side. I got this Harley Shield. That wasn't so bad, but it really wasn't hard-lined. Um, mm -hmm. My buddy Mike, who did it, he put the stencil on, and everything was done shaded out with gray wash. So right. When it healed, it just healed super light right away. And that wasn't so bad, except for being on the temple. When it swelled, you got a headache for two days. Mm -hmm. I um, found that the face tattoos that I got were the easiest ones to go they're, through. They're, yeah, they don't really hurt. Um, the head didn't hurt, except for right on the back of your head, where the uh -huh. where the spine meets. The top of your head, that little spot. My dad used to smack us in it when we were kids because we'd get in trouble. But that hurts. The rest of it, the head I didn't think bothered me at all. I slept through two of them. How far are you from uh, your shop from uh, Tomahawk? Because I know some of our people are going to be coming up that way uh, for Tomahawk. Uh, yeah. Tomahawk, um, we are, I think Tomahawk's two and a half hours from here. Two and a half uh, hour, everybody. Yep, yeah, two and a half hours north. Uh, well, I'll be up there for that. That's a good time. I'll be at Holly's and I'll be out on my bike riding around. So, will yeah. you be tattooing out there? No, nope. no, nope. that's my one week where I don't have to do anything. So I, okay. I just go up there, and hang out, and try and ride. Um, well, you got uh, nine artists at your shop, so if anybody yep. comes up there, they can go see your shop. Oh yeah, the shop will still be going. They're open during that. I'm just I'm gone during that okay. time. But yeah, there's definitely people here. They can swing through. All right. Well, you know, we've had uh, Lunchbox on for, uh, you know, the last hour and stuff. If you guys want to get a hold of him, he's at Skin Prince Tattoo, uh, 715-831-8780. And uh, what's Instagram. the address? Uh, 403 South Barwell. And then um, Instagram's an easy way, too, this Lunchbox 715. Okay, Lunchbox715 over on Instagram, and you'll be able to see all the kick-ass art he yeah. has over there. You know, he is, the traditional stuff is outrageous, man. He knows what he's up to on that traditional stuff. Uh, but uh, who's your favorite tattoo artist? Then we'll let you go. Mine, um, Amon Dietzel. Uh, he tattooed in Milwaukee. He passed away in 1967, I believe. But, uh, Amon taught Tats Thomas, who tattooed in Chicago. Tats Thomas taught Sailor Jerry, and Sailor Jerry's pretty much helped teach the rest of the world. So 
Right. I always look at it, being from Wisconsin, I'm like, I'm proud to have that lineage of tattooing coming out of Milwaukee of all places. Rock so, on, cool. man. That's awesome. All right, then uh, we're going to let you go. End the show right there. I'll see you in the green room. We'll be right back uh, with you, uh, Lunchbox, to say goodbye and stuff. Rest of you, don't forget, tomorrow morning at uh, 8 a.m. Central. Also, we're going to be uh, going into the second segment of Motorcycle Madhouse with China Dow. This country's going to hell. We're going to be talking about it. I say goodbye, vamoose, adios, ciao, so long, get your hat jacked. Number one, the internet biker radio show is now available on Spotify and all major platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more.